What's up then, listeners? Welcome to another episode of the Midge and the Keg NFL podcast. Host as usual, Billy. Alongside me, my co-host, the Keg. Hello, everyone. And today, joining us for our off-season talk episode of the Minnesota Vikings, we have Nick Edland, writer and contributor for the Viking Age fan-sided. How are we doing, sir? I am doing great. How are you guys? In addition to uh, writing for the Viking Age, be sure to check out my YouTube channel, One Bar and Lepagas Show, where we cover everything uh, Minnesota Vikings. So uh, I usually have a video a day, sometimes more. So check awesome. us out. Give us a follow. Awesome stuff. And don't worry, guys, I'll be making sure to put everything linked to Nick uh, in our episode details and descriptions. So make sure to lead out for that. So, Nick, we'll, uh, we'll get straight into it. Uh, no mucking about. So bit of a little bit of a disappointing year for Vikings, I believe, because... You know, you had, you know, you had promised last uh, the year before, perfect victory and everything. You know, everything was sort of going smoothly. You had some nice pieces there, building a nice roster, and then the injury bug when it hits, it doesn't stop. You know, I think mainly if you're on defense this year, you know, you were ranked quite low in defense, and obviously that's due to a lot of starters not really. You know, and some from out for the year, some didn't play all the time. I mean, luckily the offense done enough a little bit you know pushing through Kirk Huggins didn't have you know had a pretty good year you know I think I think what was it about 35 touchdowns you know pretty decent season Dalvin Cooks obviously just gets better and better every year you know plus sides to take out of that Justin Jefferson breaking Randy Moss's rookie record so as much as it was a disappointing season there was some bright spots I mean how did you see it? Well, I mean, the whole thing is kind of got off to a goofy start. Back in August, the Vikings traded their second-round pick to get Yannick Ngakwe. So every fan's pumped. We're all jacked. We're thinking Yannick on one side, Daniel Hunter on the other. Turns out it was just because Daniel Hunter was going to miss the season due to a neck injury. And then, you know, we get Yannick in there. We go one and again, a goofy trade. You pretty much just piss away your second-round pick. Uh, for six games with a 1-5 record. Uh, the Vikings, though, they made some – they rolled the dice heading into the season. They went with two safeties. I mean, so – Harris or Smith were to get hurt. There was no one there to back up. They went with a young cornerback group, uh, which, you know, with this lack of pass rush, just really had no shot at all. And that was a major problem on defense was the lack of pass rush. Uh, Fidio Denable, we were excited to see what he could do as a starter coming off. And he had a seven-sack season back in 2019. Uh, and what we what we learned from that is just he's, he's a rotational guy. He's a rotational guy. He cannot start um, just – there's nothing there, really. And then opposite him, you got young guy DJ Wanham. He flashed some potential. Uh, Jalen Holmes, he's just, you know, he's been inside. He's been outside. He's pretty much failed at that bolt. So uh, that lack of pass rush just killed the defense. Uh, the young corners never really had a chance. You're going against, you know, Packers receivers like Devontae Adams. You know, it just – Allen Robinson with the Bears. I mean, you got tough guys in the division. I would say Kenny Galladay, but I think he was hurt most of the year. But um, – they didn't really have a chance. And then you look at it, injuries hit. You mentioned that too. The linebacking core just got destroyed with injuries. Uh, Anthony Barr goes out after the first week. Then you get Troy Dye comes in. He gets hurt, the rookie. And then, you know, the nail in the coffin was when Eric Kendricks went out late in the year. The Vikings were making that playoff push. Somehow they worked their way back to the playoff push. And then they just, Kendricks went out with that freak. I think it was like a, a calf injury as he was warming up. Lose him, and then that was just it. I mean, we couldn't stop anybody. You give up like 60 points on Christmas to the Saints. It was very, very embarrassing. Uh, almost ruined my Christmas, but uh, it didn't. It was close. Um, but you mentioned the bright spots being the offense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as bad as this team was, the offense was very, very good. Uh, we had a horrible O-line play, especially on the interior. Uh, our guard situation was a complete mess. Uh, you tried 
Pat Elfline who failed, Drew Samia was even worse, which shocked fans uh, and everybody who covers the Vikings. How can you get worse than Pat Elfline was? But Drew Samia was that. Dakota Dozier on the other side was a complete disaster as well. Uh, how Kirk Cousins never got hurt. Uh, it's it's really it's really just mind boggling, mind blowing. Uh, that guy's got I don't know he's made of rubber or what, but he was taking some hits. He bounces back up, and uh, he just kept on slinging the ball. And Justin Jefferson, you know, that was another kind of gamble going in the year, replacing Diggs with a rookie, and no one saw coming the kind of year this kid put together. Uh, thank God they finally started playing him. The first two weeks they barely gave him any reps. Uh, then finally got him worked into the lineup. And man, I mean just. Just the way he does it. He's not a one-trick pony. He's not just a, a guy who's running go. He's got great route running ability, uh, great hands. He can go up high, point the ball, then he'll fight and grind and push uh, for extra yardage. So you love everything he, he brings. He's just a complete package type of player, and uh, he's going to be the Vikings' number one receiver. Adam Thielen's going to be around for a couple more years, but just, Justin Jefferson will take over that role. So, you know, really when you look at it, as bad as defense was, as injury-plagued as it was, the fact that they actually got to 7-9 and nine was, was kind of impressive. Um this defense just needs a lot of work. I think that's going to be the focus in the offseason. On sportsmanlike conduct, 15 yards. Yeah, I mean, like you say, it's, a, it's promising with them young guys in there and, you know, the injuries you did have. It's promising that you did get to that nine, seven and nine record, you know. I mean, was the defense improving? These sort of young defensive backs, were they improving towards the end of the season or is it sort of a case that you, you need to completely reshape them? No, Cam Dancer was, I think he was actually ranked as one of the third best corners in the NFL for like a three week stretch there late in the year. So Dancer, especially, I mean, as far as coverage goes, um, fantastic. And he showed the ability to pick up some passes. I think he had two or three last year. Uh, Gladney, um, you know, he struggled a little bit more. He, he was, he was in there a little bit longer than Dan Dancer had some injury issues. So he was in and out of the lineup all year long. Gladney, um, he had good games. He had bad games. But what I love about both these guys, they're both excellent tacklers. They'll come up, they'll hit a guy. It doesn't matter if he's twice as big as he is. Uh, they show no fear in that regard. So I'm actually very, very um, intrigued and excited about them moving forward. And I think the experience they got last year is going to help them uh, just a ton moving forward. Nice, yeah. I mean, you know, that's a good, good recap for last season, really. I mean, if we move on to sort of the cap space for um... – next year i mean you're currently sitting at about three three point five million behind the you know in the red i mean you released rudolph the other day saved about five mil you know it means that Earl smith can come in and take over this tight end job he's going to be real before you anyway i mean you've got a lot of guys here that are on good money but they're all starters these sort of yeah. couple guys i mean is there anyone here that you sort of think might shock the fan base and they get rid of or move on from I don't think they're going to do anything shocking. I think uh, their latest rumblings is that Riley Reeves is going to have a restructure. Uh, and you don't want to – here's the thing that makes this more complicated. Mike Zimmer is basically in a do-or-die season. If he starts out 1-5 and five again, I think he's getting canned. He knows this. He's not going to want to put a rookie left tackle or a Ezra Cleveland at left tackle. And Riley Reeves played out of his mind last year. So I think they're going to keep him. I, I don't think it's going to be at that absorbent number, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, another guy, uh, Anthony Barr has always been mentioned to be cut, but – it's just that was Mike Zimmer's first draft pick. Um, we saw what the defense w was like without him out there, and it was not good. And maybe he'll re he already said he didn't want to restructure, but he was going to sign with the Jets, slept on it, got sick to his stomach, leaving Minnesota. So, I mean, I think there's just that connection yeah. is too strong. I think they'll both make something work, but I'm looking at guys like Shamar Stefan. I'm surprised he hasn't been cut yet. I would be shocked that Dan Bailey's not cut. Uh, we did cut two lesser guys on the roster, and there's a lot of um you know, scrap like that where I think they could cut to get um, back in the green a little bit. But, I mean, this is no so, 
this is familiar territory to the Vikings. Ever since they signed Kirk Cousins, they've been in salary cap hell. So uh, Rob Brzezinski, yeah. he makes it work. He's one of the more, more creative guys uh, around. So uh, we'll see. But, yeah, I really expect Shamar Stefan to be let go yeah. any day now. I mean, you touched upon the Kirk Cousins there, like the you know the contract hell that he's put you in sort of thing. I mean, is he a guy that you sort of think to sort of extend and restructure? Because next year, I mean, his contract for me is untenable next year. He's on 45 million next year. So I think, you know, you're going to have to do something with his contract at some point. You could release him next year. It's only a 10 million dead penalty. Or, I mean, would you give him this year to prove it? Or would you sort of look at extending and restructuring this year just to sort of well, help I you out this year? They did something last year. They've already dinked around with it once. Um, they already said, came out and said, he's, he's their quarterback till 2023 yeah. or something. They came out and made that public statement, which doesn't mean anything because last year Spielman said he wasn't going to trade Stefan Diggs and he went ahead and did it a couple weeks later. But um, I don't, I mean, Cousins has played well. It's weird because the fan base is just so against him, uh, but he's not the problem most times. I mean, he has had his struggles. He's had some bad games, but last year he really played brilliantly. And uh, like I said, hanging in there under pressure almost every single time he drops back. Uh, you got to give him credit. So, um, yeah, hopefully they can work something out. I'd like to see him, you know, free up some money so we can sign a couple guys. But, uh, yeah, I, I really – I don't think he's anything else to prove. So, I think it's just a matter of if he's willing to do it or not. Yeah. I think, you know, I think that's going to be a big decision this this offseason for you. I mean, anyone there for you, Mitch, that you sort of wanted to ask about? No, I think you touched upon a couple of me, especially um, Anthony Barr. And like you said, obviously, he's been – like you said, Mike, I didn't realise he was his first draft pick, but I know he's obviously been there a long time. And he has been like a vital cog, especially in that defence, especially when you've played well and everyone's been healthy. He's actually been like a nice cog in that team, you know. So I can't see, yeah, I think like you said, the, the connection's a bit too strong, which is a good thing. So I don't think him getting rid of is not really the smartest move. I think he's worth keeping on. And like you said, I think Kirk Cousins as a quarterback, like I think... Obviously, you know a lot more about the Vikings fan base than I do, but obviously there's a lot of people, even outside the Vikings um, fan base, you know, that, that he gets a lot of scrutiny. And, I'm, you know, he's not a bad quarterback to have in this position, especially, like you said, you've you've always had Mike Simmons, you know, he loves his edge rusher, you know, defensive guy. He loves having – and you've had good defences that can then help the offence. Now you've got an offence that can put up points. You've got, you know, great weapons there. So it's, it's a good thing you've touched upon that because, yeah, I think really moving forward – it, it is going to be likely Kirk Cousins. And why put yourself in a situation where you've got to think of drafting a quarterback and then, you know, and then it, it sort of cocks, you know, a lot of things up there. So I think you've mm. covered on that fairly well. Um, so, you know, going into, if you can sort of free up a bit of money, these are your sort of expiring contracts this year. I mean, anyone here that you're sort of desperate to bring back? I, I mean, you're going to struggle at the moment really to bring any of these big money guys back, but I'm sure they, uh, they can work away. <laughs> Yeah, there's not, I mean, a whole lot that you really would want back here. The one guy I actually liked, I'd like to see him sign back, is that Todd Davis. Uh, he came in basically off the street, I think it was week two. And I know this guy can't cover anybody, but coming in and stopping the run as a thumper, I thought he actually played pretty well, um, just given the situation he was thrown into. So he's one guy I think I would bring back. Um, Rashad Hill, too. I mean, I like him and Stints coming off the bench, filling in if one of the starters gets hurt. He can play right or left tackle. Um in a pinch, he's okay. He's proven uh, not so great uh, when he's forced into a starting role for whatever reason. He just seems to struggle there. Uh, I'd love to have Eric Wilson back, but I know it's not going to happen. So I've just uh, kind of let that one go. I think he's making himself yeah. quite a bit of money this year. So and he earned it. Uh, that guy was everywhere last year on the field. Um, I mean, he was, 
he was back in the secondary. He was up in the line. He, I mean, he was just making plays everywhere. He's doing everything he could. Um, so he, he earned, earned some money. So, um, yeah, those are the guys I, I want to see back. Other than that, I mean, Jill Johnson can go. Uh, I've seen enough of him. Uh, you know, Brett Jones, maybe he's one other one because I just feel like they always bring him back. But they never use him. So yeah. when he was in there, he played better than Dakota Dozier. He played better than <laughs> Drew Samia. So why are they not using him? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Not a Sean Mannion fan, but I guarantee you he will be back as their backup quarterback. Yeah, I mean, the guys we've touched upon there are going to be sort of cheap guys anyway, aren't they? You know, they're sort of depth pieces, and yep. you know, I think they're highly resignable regardless of what happens with your, you know, cap. So, mm. I mean, Anthony Harris, move on from. Oh, yeah, I think, yeah. He, he's another guy I just kind of assume is going to be gone. Um, yeah. He's going to look to make some money. And that's one thing that that game on Christmas, he just, you could just tell he wasn't even trying. Um, some of the play, it was just not Anthony Harris. Uh, so I don't know if his mind's already thinking ahead where he's going to play next year. I know the Browns always seem to be a popular line spot for him. I don't know where he's going to end up, but I don't think he's going to be back in purple. And again, just that lack of effort he showed just really kind of irked me. And, um, you know, yeah. as good as he was, and, you know, this historic coming up from an undrafted free agent rookie to being one of the better safety, coverage safeties in the league. Uh, is really something. So he, I don't know, he didn't really do that much last year as far as interceptions or breaking up passes the way he has in the past. So yeah. I, I think it's time to move on from Anthony Harris. Yeah, so his mind already already left sort of thing, you know, while he's yeah. playing for you. I mean, what's your sort of main needs then going into the season? I mean, free agency is going to be tough for you. I mean, there's a lot of teams in a tough position this year. There's a lot of teams without the money. So, you know, you can compete for some of the cheaper guys. I mean, what sort of position do you look at? So as far as free agency goes? yeah. Yeah, well, I would love to find a guard in free agency. Rick Spielman's track record for drafting a guard whose quality um, just its not great. Uh, he's missed on Samia. He missed on Pat Elfline. I don't want to see another mid-round guard uh, that's not going to pan out. Uh, you know, Nick Easton was a familiar face who got released by the Saints a couple weeks ago. Um, I, I think, you know, I'll be fine seeing him back. Um, but you look at some of these cheaper options, that's, that's probably what it's going to have to be unless somehow the Vikings get really creative. But get one of these guys you can plug in there and you know as the starter and then you can draft someone you can develop behind them but i think guard is one position that i want to see upgraded in free agency and the other one too is defensive tackle because it just seems like highly drafted d tackles um don't have an immediate impact and i'm looking for guys this year who can have that immediate impact uh you look at Derek brown last year for the panthers he was like the eighth overall pick i don't think he you know he didn't really live up to that billing um so that's, that's another, and the Vikings need, they don't need that run stuff for they get Michael Pierce back. What they need is that guy, that interior disruptor, the guy who can just knock the center back, throw off a timing of, a, of an offense. And, you know, one guy I really like is that Shelby Harris from the Broncos. Um, he, he destroyed us when we played them last year. He just blew up our guards. I uh, love what I saw out of him. So, you know, someone like that where, you know, he's not going to break the bank, but I think you get a pretty quality starter there. And I, I'd still, you know, again, just like the guards, I still draft one fairly high, but. Uh, you got to have that guy that who can just blow things up. And that's what Mike Zimmer's defense is all based on pressure up front. And we just weren't getting it uh, with the front four last year. Yeah, cool. I mean, anyone here for you, Mitch, that you sort of think is a cheap option? Um, I think, like you said, I think, uh, especially in um, offensive line depth, you know, you have, like you said, the interior that has been great. But like I say, if the worst thing about, obviously, you have, especially with, like you said, Kirk Cousins, just surprised he didn't actually you know, suffer a serious injury or, you know, he didn't get knocked, you know, had knocks on him. Like, you know, he stood up, stood up well, but like you said, you've got like someone like the Brett, you know, the Brett Jones who you can plug in. It's just rotational guys. Cause you know, players are going to go down and, you know, I think obviously 
the main thing as much as yes, you know, you need to sort the defensive side out. Hopefully your guys can knock on wood, stay healthy. You won't get the injury pug, but obviously no one can guarantee that. But yeah, I think it's always good to have depth. And obviously in defensive line, you, like you said, you don't want to try and have like these mid range guards from like, I don't know, like the third to the fourth round that aren't really going to make the impact. So if you can have someone, I mean, there's a lot of guys on there that have had, you know, they're, they're older guys, they're more experienced. So, you know, you're going to have someone that's a little bit more, hopefully that can at least have someone behind them to then, propel i think that's always a smart move veteran um presence and leadership is always i think un- under not undervalued but not seen as much maybe by a lot of people you know when they're evaluating teams sometimes because sometimes you need that veteranship in there and obviously you've lost a, a great veteran for you in rudolph this year so i mean that is something you probably need to replace i mean what's your thoughts on rudolph leaving just yeah that one actually when i saw the new I, we all knew it was coming but mm. and that hurt i was actually sad mm. um because this guy's been such a great not just player on the field but what he's done for the community uh, the Children's Hospital in Minneapolis, St. Paul, he's been huge there. Uh, so just a great guy. And, you know, he's been so good for so long. He's going to be in the ring of honor. He's going to come back and at least sign a one-day retirement contract with yep. the Vikings. But when you see when one of your all-time greats go, uh, it does hurt a little bit. It stings a little bit, even if you know it's coming. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, the only good thing that probably takes a little bit of pain away is you've got such good guys to go in there, you know. And, yep. you know, even two tight ends, really, haven't you, that are – you know, yeah. solid going forward. So and that's the thing, you know, we, the Vikings learned that they can live without Kyle Rudolph on the field. Mm-hmm. Irv Smith stepped up and Tyler Conklin really stepped up, which we've, we've kind of been waiting for, for a couple of years. Uh, I know his stats aren't going to wow you when you look at him, but you know, he made some pretty damn clutch catches, some nice catches. Uh, and I'm excited to see where he goes in year. And well, I guess this is year four for him, but I mean, year two is more of a, of a part of the actual yeah. offense, but uh, yeah, I think you're, you're in good hands with the two you got. And uh, you know, even Brandon Dillon, who's, third right now he he showed some flashes early uh in the preseason last year i think maybe in a couple games so uh i'm, I'm actually fine if the vikings yeah. tight end depth depth chart stays the same as it is but you know they got 1500 draft picks they'll probably take one at some point so we'll see <laughs> i must admit the best uh, memory and this is even just for me obviously we're falcons fans i don't know if you've seen through it but obviously that playoff victory i mean obviously the minneapolis miracle i was jumping as much as you guys were i was absolutely I was going absolutely crazy. I was like, Good, yes, absolutely. You cannot stand the Saints. Everyone should know this by now who listens to this. <laughs> but it had to point. And then obviously, Carl, correct me if I'm wrong, I think Carl Rudolph caught the game-winning touchdown yep, in absolutely. last year's playoff game. And I'm like, it can't get much better, especially in their house as well. So that's the always favourite memory I have, having there, like just catching that pass was like the best yeah. thing for me. So he's got a special place for me and he didn't even play for us. So like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a shame to see him when he eventually retires, because, you know, like you say, he'll probably sign somewhere, but, you know, he is getting a bit older now, so it will, he'll probably, you know, it's not going to be too long till he hangs his cleats up and, uh, yeah, gets into yeah. your, especially your ring of honour, because I always yeah. I always like Carl Rudolph as a, as a player, really good guy. Yeah, and, you know, he was kind of making those back of the end zone, you know, toe-tapping right before the line, one-handed grabs routine there. I don't know how he does it, but, um, yeah. yeah, just a great player. Great and a great person, yeah. so. Pass interference, defense, automatic first down. Your all your draft picks this year. I mean, you got is it four fourth round picks this year? I mean, I know you're yeah. missing the second round pick. You touched upon about the trade earlier, and you're not drafting exactly high in the first round. But, you know, mid mid range pick. I think it's fourteen. Is it? I mean, yep. what would you like to see done in the draft this year? What would you like to do with your fourteenth pick? Uh, well, fourteenth pick. I, right now, it's feeling like there's there's four guys really that they're they're kind of circling around. And you know, you know, this one thing we got to say too is this draft. Of all the drafts, I don't think there's going to be any other draft that's as wide open as this one. You got players who didn't play last year. Uh, the, 
a lot of these teams, their only looks at some of these players up close was at the senior bowl. Not everybody was there, of course. So uh, they're, they're going on old film. Uh, they're kind of projecting forward from what they've seen years ago. So I think, you know, every, every team's draft board could look very, very different from, um, you know, the one next to them. So that being said, it just seems like the best value that could get the most immediate impact is one of those edge rushers, a quitty pay from Michigan or Greg Russo from Miami. Uh, those are two that I, I really like Christian Barmore, the D tackle from Alabama. I think he's another option, you know, but with those three, you can also argue is, is 14 too high. I mean, I don't, I think you can maybe look to swing back a little bit and get one of those guys still. Um, and you'll, you, we often see a guard mock to the Vikings as well, like Elijah Vera Tucker from USC. Um, the one I would like is, is if Rashawn Slater slid on the board and ended up in purple, but because he, you know, he could potentially be your left tackle down the road. I know Vera Tucker can play it, but I'm not a real big Vera Tucker guy. I don't know. I just didn't see it. I, I didn't see him dominating the way I wanted him to when I was watching tape on him. But another thing, a dark horse position is if one of those receivers falls, um, I don't know how the Vikings could pass it. You know, if you get, uh, it always seems like Jalen Waddle or Devonnie Smith are the two that could potentially be there. One of the two uh, to me, I'm a Waddle guy. That guy just, he's got another gear that I just, that you don't see players have. He also gives you kick returnability, punt returnability. Well, Devonnie Smith would too, but one of those two would be sweet. Um, and then moving down, you got to find a starting safety, which is, I, you know, it seems like there's a lot of third round safeties who could probably come in and start for the Vikings in this draft. So I think you can find one there. Um, you got to get a guard, you got to find that deep tackle. Um, and I want to see another wide receiver. I would almost like to see Rick Spielman. He's got this way of trading down, 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 down. I want to see him package some of those picks and move back up, get some, and he's got to find quality over quantity this year. It, Cause it could be a make or break season for him too. I mean, if, if Zimmer goes down, I don't, there's no reason they should keep Spielman. He's been around since 06. Uh, and you can just say, you know, it's been 15 years. We're going to go in a different direction. And, and what better time to do it is if you're changing head coaches. So um, to me, I think he's got to find impact players as well. So if you're going to look at the needs I'm looking at in the draft, I mean, another, I know they've brought in Steven Weatherly. It does not stop them from going out and drafting a Russo or, or a pay. Cause I think Weatherly didn't even have any sacks last year. There's no answer opposite Daniel Hunter right now. And, uh, Maybe that you find that at 14. Um, Where's yeah. it going? Oh, we got to find a return man too. We got to find a, a kick punt returner. I'd love to have a, a young back of a quarterback who's going to come in already be better player than Sean Mannion and give you that potential to maybe have yeah. a guy you can develop to be the starter down the road. And the Vikings haven't had that on the roster. And I don't know when it was. It seems like forever. So, um, yeah, there's plenty of, of needs and holes to fill here. And I just want to see. Uh, I, I think you're going to see guys, I'm not going to say reach for need, but uh, just players who are going to have an impact this year. You're not going to take yeah. that tackle who maybe two years down the road is going to be your starter. They have to find players who can help them out right away because jobs yeah. depend on it. I like how you sort of sussed out the first the first pick. Like, you know, you said, you know, go after quick pace. So a need that you need, or if one of these top wide receivers is on the board, you know, go and get him. I mean, we did our mock drafts last week and – Waddle was around when you were picking, so that's where he went. You know, Waddle went oh, to yeah. you in my mock draft. But, you know, I think if they're not about, like you say, you could even move back and try and maybe get a second-round pick this year. Try and give yeah. yourself two sort of influential picks if you move back to sort of 20, 21 sort of area. You know, you've mentioned three names there. One of them could easily be on the board at sort of 20. I mean, I know you said you didn't really like Vera Tuck. I mean, I know, Bill, you did you like Vera Tucker, didn't you like? Was it sort of? I think I'm a bit higher on Vera Tucker. Um, but it depends what needy teams like you say. He he'd be. I think you're right in the valuation of. I don't think I don't think tackle suits him really because obviously he's played inside and out. But I think if he does play inside, 
it, it, it's an option, but obviously I think, like you said, it's more of having that need as well because it's obviously said the interior was terrible. Mm-hmm. Depends, what, like you say, what your front office is thinking at the time because if you've got someone like Waddle who drops, like you said, it could, it, it, you know, you've got these potential scenarios. I think this draft's going to be full of trades this year. I think it's going to be really trade active than we've seen in a few years, you know, from what we've been hearing for, t- for teams that need, you know, especially quarterbacks and stuff, it's going to move a lot of teams around. So really depending who falls. I mean, I mean, I think Vera Tucker's possibility depends how much the front office likes him. Um, but yeah, I think someone, I think edge, like you said, get, get someone, Mike Zimmer loves pass rushes. He's always stated it, right? So it wouldn't surprise me, like I say, a Gregory Rousseau, who could really, really be potentially dropping to 14 because, you know, because he obviously opted out last year at college in Miami. So, and he, you know, he was predicted like, the other few years to be like a, a five, uh, sorry, like a top five, top 10 pick. So if he could slide to 14, you've got options there. I think it's not a, the worst spot to be in. You know, I've seen some teams before where we've looked through, I'm not trying something, and I really want, want to be sitting there. But at 14, it's not the worst, not the worst option right now, I think. I think, I, I think, to me, Quitty Pay is very, very plausible. You know, good guy from Michigan. And mm-hmm. like you say, once you get that pass rush again, you guys are at your best, especially defensively, when you've, you know, you can't have enough pass rushes, especially in this today's NFL. So, you know, you, you're going to want to get Aaron Rodgers on the ground, you know, exactly. and all the rest of the guys yep. in the division. So. And Zimmer's already hinted that, you know, he, he, he flat out said defense has to get better, defense has to improve. So I think that's going to be the mission. Uh, and really – the offense finished like third last year with horrible guard play. So how much better can the offense get? How much impact is a, you know, a first round guard really going to have as far as, you know, in the win column, I don't know if it's make that much of a difference. Uh, so that's why I say, go get the edge rusher. And I get, you know, the knock on Russo is, you know, he's, he didn't, he had one big year and then he didn't play against the best competition. Well, if all the drafts to take a gamble on a guy like that, this is the year to do it. Um, so I'd rather take a shot on a guy, especially at 14 who has that potential to be, you know, a 15 sack kind of guy a year and put him against, you know, opposite deal hunter would be huge. So if I'm going to roll the dice on a prospect like that, this is the year to do it. So, uh, and I think pay is safer, but you know, I, I mean, Russo, I just think has that potential through the road. Yeah. Much higher upside. I mean, you've got four full rounders. I mean, Kirk Cousins drafting the fourth round, I believe all that time ago, you could like you say, pick up a quarterback that can come in and challenge be a backup quarterback this year and potentially moving forward. You need a pump returner. I mean, is there anyone? I don't know how de- how deep you've gone into the draft. Is there any sort of kick returners that you sort of like? Uh, the Jalen or... Darden uh, from yeah. North North Texas. I like him quite a bit. Um, and then if you get one of those top guys, obviously those are the, you know, a Smith or a, or a Waddle would be huge. But yeah, Darden's a guy I really like. He's a guy I always keep end up taking in mocks when I when I've been doing him lately. Uh, just like his, you know, his speed, his burst. You know, they they went ahead and they they, they took KJ Osborne last year to be that role and he just doesn't have a, there's, there's no wiggle to him. There's no, he doesn't, he just doesn't look like a natural returner. So I, I think he's going to just flame out and not pan out. So I want to find someone else. Uh, and, you know, Meg Zimmer's going to draft a corner too. Uh, he loves his cornerback. So I'm sure they'll bring another corner and they're going to have to draft um, at least two safeties. Cause there's no one on the roster right now to even be a backup. I mean, you're going to try miles Dorn who's undrafted or Josh Metellus who barely saw the field. Uh, so I'm expecting multiple safeties, uh, a D tackle, probably a couple of edge rushers. Um, and yeah, you know, receiver yeah. return, man, things like this kind of felt this roster, but they got to have at least three, four impact players uh, if they're going to get over that seven and nine humping and, and compete again. 
I mean, if we move on to sort of the way too early prediction for next year, I mean, we've, we've done this on every episode that we've done. I mean, it's, it's far too early. Obviously, we don't know what's going to be happening with this roster. We don't know who you're going to be releasing. You don't know who you're going to be signing. But, I mean, how do you see them getting on next year? What sort of record do you expect? Well, it, it, it's an odd year, and the Minnesota Vikings under Meg Zimmer are very good in odd years. So I, that's what I'm going to base this off of, because I don't know what else I can really base it <laughs> off of at this point. I'm going to say, let's go, let's go 11 and 5. They're going to bounce back. And they actually had a lot of close games that went, you know, they lost at the last second or end of drive. So they could have, you know, they could have had three more wins last year. Yeah, I mean, I like how you say, like, they, you know, it's a must win year for them. It potentially could be their last year. So they're going to be going for even more, you know. And you have got a tough schedule this year. I think you're lining up against the NFC, you might be, Bill, was it NFC West, was it? And I think it was NFC West and the AFC North. So, yeah, so yeah, it's, it's not, not an easy schedule. Obviously, your division is fairly tough. You always got Green Bay there and Lions you can probably beat. And, you know, I think that you, you could easily go and get in the playoffs this year. I think it should be a playoff side, really, like you said. Yeah, let's hope so. I, I mean, Daniel Hunter coming back is going to be huge. Getting Michael Pierce is going to be huge. Uh, I mean, those two alone. So if someone's trying to push to go offense at 14, you could say those two come back is enough uh, to make that a possibility, which it is. But... Uh, that's going to be huge. If Anthony Barr does return, that'll help the defense as well. So any corners coming back with more experience is going to be huge. Yeah. So um, the defense, you know, it can't be any worse. I, well, I shouldn't say that because I said that about the guard position and it got worse. So um, <laughs> I don't know. But Zimmer's going to be – he's a prideful guy, and defense is his thing. So there's no way he's going to let his defense uh, come out and be the way it was last year. So it's a lot of upside and promise to this team. But for you, Mitch? Yeah, I think there's a lot of upside, upside. Sorry for the um for the Vikings, really. You know, when you look at this team, especially offensively, you know that don't fix what's not broke. Like I say, try and sort the interior out a little bit because obviously that's going to help. You know, especially for Kirk Cousins, and obviously piece the pieces are there. You know, Adam Phelan's still predict, uh, producing, even at his age. You know, eventually we'll maybe you know see how long he's got there, but he's still producing. Obviously, you've never got Justin Jefferson. You've got pieces on that offense. You know, there's not. Maybe not try and build on that too much. Like I say, Mike Zimmer is not going to let this defense completely fold out, and that's what the Vikings know. That so you know, especially since you know been following them around, like you've always had a tough defense, uh, especially with edge rush. All the defenses that you've had have always been very tough, and Mike Zimmer is definitely going to keep that going. So I, I, I can definitely see. I think I've got max ten wins. I really think that that should be enough to get into the playoffs. Obviously, got another extra playoff spot if it doesn't, but I can't see much less i think worst case it could be another eight and eight season and like you said it could be a case of where that isn't enough and for mike zimmer uh, at the end of the day but hopefully not enough but i can see a winning record with this team there's, there's just too much talent as well mm-hmm. like you look through the, the whole roster there's talent on the team you know if, if they can reach the potential and, and just you know go for it I, I just don't see how they're not a playoff team and that's me personally you know so 100 percent. i agree i agree with you awesome Awesome stuff. Uh, Nick, we'll cap it off there. Uh, really, really appreciate you coming out to join us, uh, to talk to us. Uh, it's been great having you on. Really appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate you guys reaching out. It's fun. Let's do it again sometime. Okay. Yeah, Cheers. definitely so. We'll see you after the season review for next year. See how that goes. There you go. So, there uh, you go. We'll get you on. Awesome stuff. Uh, guys, thank you very much for listening. I say we keep going for off-season talk. We've still got over half the league to cover yet, so we're, we're getting there, but we're going to get it right before the draft kicks off. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Take care, stay safe, catch you soon.